Hello and welcome back to For the Souls podcast where we talk about shit that actually matters. I know it has been a minute and I apologize, but y'all know I'm really big on being authentic. And when I am in a phase in my life of pruning, I tend to be a recluse. I tend to lay low. I tend to get back until I'm back right. And we have been hit as a family with so many different things, blessings, but it has come with its fair share of reorganizing, regrouping, refining routine. Luckily, soccer season is over, so I get a little bit of a break and I am back to doing what I do best, which is this. As you can tell by the title of this video, I think it's going to be one that a lot of people feel. I think it's going to be one that a lot of people relate to because if you follow me, more than likely you follow me because you are the cycle breaker in your family. More than likely you follow me because you are the black sheep. More than likely you follow me because you want to heal and you want to reconstruct a life that is healthy for you outside of what you know and what you come from. Now, this particular video... All day, and for the most part, all my episodes, I like to be very structured with like having an idea of what I'm gonna say. So, like throughout the day before I start an episode, I will literally be thinking to myself in my head, okay, this is what I'm gonna say, this is gonna be the outline, this is the like course of where I want it to go. Just mentally, I don't write it down, it's nothing formal like that. But today, when I was thinking about creating this episode and what I'm gonna talk about, oh. I just kept hitting a standstill. I just kept hitting this wall of structure and how to structure this episode. And literally 20 minutes ago, I was sitting on the couch and I was thinking this episode because I'm hella juiced to make it. And something in me, the Holy Spirit, was like, just be really raw with it. Don't be structured with it. Be really raw with it because this is presently what you're dealing with. And show the truth of what it looks like to be actively in this indifference with your family. Because people are going to feel that. It doesn't have to be structured. It has to be raw. And so that gassed me up and it gave me the courage and the confidence to come make this video. So let's get into it. I know you guys have heard me talk about how everything that I've gone through in life... I have been able to find the purpose and the blessing in it. And if you haven't heard me talk about that, one of the things that I say is now that I have found the light at the end of the tunnel, now that I have healed from the things that I've gone through, I realized that everything that life threw at me was something that was generationally plaguing my family. It was something that my family throughout the course of our ancestry has dealt with. And I never understood why I was repeating cycles because I look at my mom as a cycle breaker. Broke the cycle financially for me and she did give me better examples and I had more stability than she had growing up. So when I was going through the thick of my things like addiction, um, you know, domestic violence, being a fighter and just filled with rage, I often would wonder to myself, how is it that I'm going through these things when my mom devoted herself to breaking these cycles and I never understood it and for a long time I thought I was being punished for a long time I thought Lord why are you putting me through these things when you know my heart and it wasn't until I healed from the things and the adversity that I went through in life that I actually realized that I was being called 
to go through these things because my purpose in going through those things was actually healing the things that my ancestors couldn't heal. The things in my lineage that everyone before me was at a standstill with. And I found beauty in that. I found beauty and power in knowing that every adversity that I experienced that was a plague in my family, I was able to stand in front of and face and say, this stops with me. And I talk mostly about that aspect of it because it's the most beautiful aspect of it. It is the most beautiful part of healing and your journey to be able to find a purpose in your pain and being able to turn wounds into wisdom and, you know, what seems to be a plague into a blessing, you know. But what I realized was that I don't really talk about the immense loneliness that comes with being this person in my family. And I think one of the reasons why I haven't talked about that so much is because it hasn't fully hit me how lonely it is until this year. So I wanna elaborate with you guys some of the things that I'm actively currently going through in hopes that you guys relate and don't feel as alone in it as it feels. So let's start here. I'm used to being the person that is looked at or deemed crazy (laughs) because that is what it's always been, right? When I was being a fuck up, I was the crazy one. I was the crazy cousin. I was the one all the tias were chismeando about, you know? Like I knew my name was getting drugged through the dirt, okay? I was used to it. I became used to it. I'm the crazy cousin, whatever. When I started to heal, the same thing happened. Oh, she's crazy. All of a sudden, she has this wisdom and this knowledge and this and that. My own immediate family thought I was nuts for a second. They, they didn't understand where this healing was coming from. They didn't understand when I would bring to them these realizations that I was having about our dysfunction. They didn't understand what I was talking about. It was, it was almost like what I was saying was foreign. And I felt very outcasted from my immediate family. Um, and it felt lonely. And I talk about this, I, I've talked about this before, that when you are the one chosen to break the cycles in your family, you initially will feel like everyone is against you. And I went through that motion with my immediate family. But I think that it really didn't hit me as hard because now my immediate family is also healing. Another thing that I tell cycle breakers, you, the change that happens in you, the light that is in you, you will begin to see. You will start lighting up that light in everyone around you. So I've been able to see the fruits of my labor by watching my mother heal, watching my father heal, watching them become so much more wise. Finally, them understanding what I was meaning when I was identifying the dysfunction and addressing the dysfunction and finally feeling understood. But where I'm at now is that my immediate family, for the most part, is healing and understands me, right? But my other family, all the tias, the cousins, the tios, right? Now now the scope and the spectrum is so much bigger. Now that I've healed the immediate, I'm seeing the dysfunction in the magnitude of my family. And I've always been the kind of person that 
I'm going to say it how it is. If I see something and I know fundamentally it is wrong and I can identify a dysfunction within my family, I'm going to address it because I love my family, because I want to be the change that my family so needs. And what I've come to realize, and it's been such a shitty realization, is that my family as a whole is not ready to accept the dysfunction that we've normalized. And because they are not ready to accept the dysfunction that we've normalized, I have this feeling of feeling outcasted from my family. And I don't think it's intentional because you have to be aware of the dysfunction in order to change it, right? And I think that my family members aren't aware of the dysfunction, so they can't change it. So they're naturally acting according by, you know, being a little bit standoffish, a little bit distant, because they want to surround themselves by what's familiar. And currently, I'm unfamiliar. Currently, I'm foreign. And I probably make them feel a discomfort when I come around because of my level of awareness. Now, I've spoke a lot about the things that have plagued my family, and I'll name some of them. Alcoholism has been normalized in my family so much. I don't know how many other families, but in my family, we have this dynamic of there's this side and then there's that side. Certain cousins don't get along with certain cousins. There's just like the this side and the that side of the family. For me, I'm on the this side, right? My grandma was the one that was an addict and my grandma lived in poverty. And that side had the stability. They had the husbands. They had the houses. And one thing I've observed in my family is how much my grandmother was judged. How much no one took into consideration the trauma that was on my grandmother's shoulders. And yes, she became an addict. And yes, she made bad decisions in her addiction. But she will give you the shirt off her back. And I can say that I've never observed any of that side of the family extend grace to my grandma for what she had to live through. And the thing, that, the irony with that, right, is that my grandma's trauma actually caused her to migrate here to the United States because she could no longer live in Mexico because of something that happened to her. She was the only one of her siblings that actually wanted to come to the States. And when she came here, she sent back for everybody. She brought everyone over. So all of us that reaped the privilege of being in the United States was directly because of my grandma. And I've seen and witnessed my grandma for years try to be accepted by that side. Despite the judgment, despite the criticism, despite the chismeando behind her back. And I've, I've watched this and I look at my grandma and I literally feel like we are one in the same. I am just a little version of her in every aspect. We literally lived through all the, I lived through almost all the same trauma my grandma did minus the poverty. And 
I have the same spirit my grandma had. I have, or has, because she's still alive. I have the same exact spirit as my grandma. And I have the same intentions and purity that my grandma has. But I realized that my grandma was never able to advocate for herself the way I do. I've realized that my grandma has cowered in the judgment because it hurts her. And I've chose to stand up and say, no, I'm, I'm not going to stay silent when you guys are judging. I'm not going to stay silent when you guys are talking mess about us. I'm not going to stay silent about our mistakes and act like we are perfect. I'm not going to do that. Matter of fact, I'm going to wear my emotions on my sleeve. I'm going to be an open book. I'm going to address what needs to be addressed because ultimately family is everything. And if there's one thing my grandma has taught us and her lineage, my mom, her kids, grandkids, is how important family is. And I think the reason why I am so passionate about addressing the dysfunction in my family is because I love my family so much, I will take the brunt of it. Call me confrontational, call me problematic, call me whatever, call me Americanized, call me whitewashed, call me whatever. If it means that I'm giving my family a fair shot at realizing the, the dysfunction that we've had year after year, generation after generation. I'm willing to take the brunt of that hit if it means that the next generation gets a fighting shot to make our lineage even better. So I say this to say, recently in my family, a situation happened and I was convicted to speak and address the person in my family that molested me. And... I told her that I forgave her because she was a kid and I don't think that it was malicious what she did. But I needed her to understand the gravity of how that affected my life because that's something I'm actively working through right now is facing being molested by the same gender, the same sex, and how that impacted my sexuality and how that has impacted me even sexually today. And I'll probably make another episode about that. But this thing has plagued onto the next generation, which is our kids, right? There's been certain incidences that have needed to be addressed. And so I addressed her and I asked for an acknowledgement or an apology. I said, you know, can you just acknowledge that it was wrong because it really fucked me up and I was emotional. And one of my other family members that was there, because this was at a family gathering, one of the other family members that was there was sticking up for the person that molested me. And she looks at me and she says, you know what? This is, you're making this a big deal. This is, no this happens to everybody. This is normal. It happens to everybody. And I realized in that moment, how much my family has normalized this particular dysfunction. I could not wrap my mind around this person who's supposed to be 
godmother to my daughter telling me that children molesting children is normal and it happens to everybody. And I knew in this moment, oh shit, I'm not at the same place of my family. I'm not. That obviously caused a little bit of issues. I was able to talk to the person that molested me. I ended up getting clarity. She apologized. It was a very good conversation, very constructive conversation. My other family member called me the next day and apologized for involving herself. But, you know, I think she still stands by her opinion, which is that this is normal. Well, I bring up that example because that is a start to when I realize that I am I am reaching this place of not vibing with the mentality of my family. So lately, um, recently within the past few weeks, I've been convicted to not drink. Like I mentioned earlier, my family is heavy on the alcoholism, heavy on the partying. That is what it's, it, it's, it's all we've known for years. And I used to partake in it. It was fun, right? Recently, there was a family event, and I went. I was sober. I had like an herbal mocktail. And I felt so much joy because literally almost all of my family came together, some cousins I hadn't seen in years. And I felt so much joy in my heart to see everyone together. And mind you, I'm hosting Thanksgiving this year, and I invited everyone. Half of my family isn't coming to Thanksgiving. But all of my family went to this family function. And my husband actually said something to my dad. And it was such a big eye-opener. He was like, isn't it crazy how everyone can come together to party and get drunk, but everyone can't come together to have an intimate family dinner? And I realized how much I'm growing apart from my family. And as much joy as my heart felt seeing everybody, on the way home from that family function, I was in tears the whole ride home because it really hit me that when you take alcohol away, there's not much that I relate to my family with anymore. And this realization hurt my heart so much because I love my family so much. And I want to feel connected to my family. I want to feel loved by my family. But realizing that my family's lifestyle isn't congruent to the woman and the person that I'm becoming and the person that I want to be for my family and the examples that I want to have around my own children is such a hard thing to accept. And I spoke to a few of my friends about this. I spoke to my husband about it. And it's immensely hard to love your family and see the level of dysfunction 
and know that you are the only one trying to change it. You are the only one being vocal about it being wrong. And for me in particular, for the experiences that I've lived in my family, I've felt judged by my family my whole life. Not my immediate family, my whole family. I've felt judged for the decisions I made when I was doing bad. Judged for trying to do right. Judged in every aspect. And I've always tried to move as sincerely as possible. I've taken accountability for what I need to take accountability for. I've apologized when I need to apologize. I've I've moved with 100% sincerity to mend and rebuild relationships with people that I was close with. And it has been so hard on me to realize that even some of the cousins that I was closest to really only fucked with me heavy when I was my lowest self. And I, I truly believe that the purpose for that was because in me being low, it elevated them. And when I started elevating, I was no longer useful. I was no longer needed. And then they started nitpicking all these things that I may have did wrong to hold these grudges against me. And it's felt that no matter how much I try to be sincere, no matter how much I try to extend an olive branch, no matter how much I try to mend relationships, no matter how much I change, how mature I am, how emotionally intelligent I become, that grace isn't extended back. They've made up their mind about me. And when you're someone that loves your family that much, it's hurtful. Because I would move mountains for my family. And I have. And all the family that has turned their back on me in some way, in a moment of need, has called me. And I show up. I come through. Which lets me know they know my heart. But they only fuck with me when it's convenient. And to know that the same grace I've extended isn't extended back to me. The same forgiveness that I've given isn't given back to me. As hurtful as it is, one of the most valuable lessons it taught me was to not expect me in anyone else. I can't expect me in them. I can't expect family to be gracious with me the way I have with them, to forgive me the way I've forgiven them, to move with me the way that I've moved with them. And that they are entitled to not want me in their life. They are entitled to not be sincere toward me. They are entitled to love from a distance. They are entitled to that. I may not agree with it. I may think that they're holding on to grudges in their heart or they're holding on to judgment that's no longer admissible. But ultimately, they are entitled to that. 
But it's been so shitty as the person that is choosing to break the cycles in my family to see how everyone links up and unites and sticks together around the dysfunction while you feel outcasted for seeing it for what it is. If I still drank, if I still partied, if I still did all that dysfunctional shit, I would fit right in. Because that's, that's the chaos that we've normalized in my family. That's all we know. So much so that choosing to not want to be a part of that, to not want to do that, now you're outcasted. And it sucks and it hurts my heart to feel like I have no place amongst my family anymore. Healing, healing can be such a double-edged sword sometimes because you're healing for your family. You're healing to break those cycles while knowing that in doing that, you're going to grow apart from everybody that you love. And you have to accept that distance. And you have to accept that judgment. And you have to accept being outcasted. Because you see the bigger picture. Despite how lonely it feels. Despite how much you realize you no longer fit in with the people that you love the most. I think another aspect that a lot of people don't understand is when when you marry someone who has a dysfunctional family, their dysfunction can plague your relationship. And the person who's in a dysfunctional family, one of the hardest things to do is to have to cut those ties that are necessary to be cut when they are being counterproductive to the life that you created with your wife or your husband and the children that you guys have. And oftentimes in dysfunctional families, the spouse of the person who's in the dysfunctional family sees the dysfunction and wants to open the eyes of their spouse and say, hey, do you see when you go around your family how you just get drunk or you just be on drugs or you end up taking 10 steps back from all the progress that you do? Do you see how that happens when you go around your family? And then the person that is in the dysfunctional family feels defensive over their family and they don't want to accept that their family is dysfunctional and now they're at a battle in their relationship. Now it causes problems in their marriage. One of the hardest things to do as a family member with a dysfunctional family is to set those boundaries, is to say, no, I I don't want to do this. I don't want to party every weekend. I don't want to get shit face tossed. I don't want to do drugs. We should be looking after the kids. No, getting molested is not normal. It is hard to set those boundaries because now you're the bad guy. Now you're the one that's, oh, you're judging. Oh, you think you're better than us. Oh, your husband or your wife got in your ear. They're turning you against the family. No. 
It's just that none of you see the dysfunction for what it is because you're so used to making excuses for it. It's become so fucking normalized that anybody who does anything different is somehow betraying everyone. And how ironic is that? Because the person who is trying to do something different is actually doing it because of their unconditional love for you guys. I've had to take so much shit to the chin. I know. I know. Because it's been told to me which of my tias was talking shit about me. What people were saying when I bought my house. What people said when I got back with Marco. What people were saying in my healing journey. Or when they found out my political views. I know the magnitude of the judgment that I've received. And I have still moved humbly despite the insincerity that I feel with my family. Despite the judgment. But it's hitting me even harder now. Because usually all of that came from that side of the family. But now I'm seeing that this side of the family. The side that I'm on. Has its fair share of dysfunction that I actually don't want any part of. Because it's not healthy. It's not healthy. And I've addressed it. And I'm the problematic one for addressing it. And this is just the reality of what I'm living right now. And even to come on here and to make this video and to know that some family members might hear it gives me a sense of anxiety because this is what I do. I get on here and I'm an open book. And I share with you guys where I'm at in life so that whoever's in my same shoes doesn't feel alone. But I know it's going to come with its fair share of backlash. And it's funny, after 28 years of being the one, right? For some reason, it hurts me more now than it ever did. And I think it's because now more than ever, I know that I'm a good person. I've learned the art of extending grace. I've had my cousins do shit to me that I'm, I sometimes I'm like, as much as y'all judge me, did you guys forget the shit you guys did? Like, and I'm the only one that's taken accountability. I'm the only one that said sorry. You know, and I, I just, I take it to the chin. I'll be the bad guy. I'll be the shit starter. I'll be the one that is too vocal and too passionate and too deep. I'll be all of that if it means that my kids can grow up with a chance of seeing what's actually healthy. And it's particularly hard because I, I want my kids to grow up with their cousins. I want my kids to have those memories that I had and, and to see how distant our family is 
to see how distant the younger generation is. It's hard for me. It, it's hard for me to experience because I'm, I'm all about family. Like for real. But it comes with the territory. It comes with the territory. And the, the only thing that I could hope for is that my family wakes up, you know, and, and this is where I feel like God has put me at, at a different challenge, right? My initial challenge was to heal myself. Through healing myself, I sparked the healing in my immediate family. Now they're on their journey and God's got their hand over them. And now I'm called to address the bigger side of the family. But this bigger side of the family comes with bigger challenges. It comes with heavier emotions. And I'm navigating through that. You know, I'm, na I'm navigating through the emotions that come with this, as hard as it is. And I, I say this to say, you guys, you know, usually at the end of these videos, I tell you guys, like, what you should do or how you should deal with things or whatever. And to be honest, because this episode, I'm actually in the thick of it. I'm, I'm actually currently going through these emotions and these realizations. And that's why I'm a little bit more emotional. Um, I don't have quite yet the tools to help you get through feeling how we're feeling if you're someone that relates to me. But the one thing that comes to mind, because I talked to God about this the other day when I cried on my way home from a family function. You know, I just asked him, I said, Lord, this was the last thing that I expected to feel. But I know that you're calling me to something greater. But how do I get through this? And the message he gave me was to be sincere. Keep your intentions pure. As frustrated as you get, as, as much as your character is misconstrued, as much as people want to hold on to grudges, as much as people want to taint your character, as much as people want to judge you and not give you the benefit of the doubt and hold on to who you used to be and not who you're becoming, stay true to your sincerity to that unconditional love that you harbor in your heart. And don't ever lose sight of it. Because that's genuinely the only thing bringing me peace right now. As outcasted as I feel from my family, as different as I feel, the one thing bringing me peace is that I know that my heart is pure and my intentions are well. And that I just, I genuinely just want what's best for my lineage. And I pray. I pray every day for my family. I pray every day that someone else sees the dysfunction and has the courage to change it so that I don't feel alone. But if no one does, I still pray for my family that God lifts the veil for them the way that he's supposed to so that we can give the future generations a better life.
that being said, you guys, that is the end of this video. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I hope this doesn't fucking cause drama. Oh, my God. Anyways, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope you had a wonderful time with your family. I hope, you know, I've seen all the memes of, like, all the drama that's going to go on, which kind of lets me know that I think every family has a, a certain level of dysfunction that we're all trying to navigate through. No family is perfect at all by any means. And um, just God bless you all. All love, always, always. Bye-bye.